episode number 34, The Bellows, The Beer Economy. All right, cut to edge of stage. Great. All right, color frost. Check. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Tuttle Block. I'm your host, Michael Cruz, and on this episode, we present another session of The Bellows, a monthly informal discussion about theatre production that takes place in Toronto, this time at the Central Bar at Bloor and Bathurst. In this session of The Bellows, Bellows founder Pitt Bradford hosts a panel discussion on the beer economy, a real barter system that is familiar to both professionals and amateurs alike in Canadian theatre, and in many ways may give us an idea about the relative health of professional theatre in Canada. On this panel, recorded on September 19th, 2016, Pip speaks with Theatre Passamari's associate artistic producer Jiv Parasram, director and dramaturge Maya Rabinovich, the box office and front of house manager at the Theatre Centre, Julia Nishalapidus, and technical director and fellow Bellows founder Christopher Ross. You can find some more complete bios online at thetitleblock.com, and of course, I encourage you to support the show through patreon.com, where you can help me cover more events like this and bring interesting local discussions to artists across Canada, as well as interviews with Canada's leading designers about their history and their craft. And now here is the next session of The Bellows, The Beer Economy, which starts with an introduction by the third Bellows founder, Carpenter Kevin Hudson. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for your attention. Thanks for coming to the Bellows. Thanks very much for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming to our uh, second home away from Pasmarai. We really appreciate it. Um, for those of you who haven't been to a Bellows before, uh, the Bellows is myself and Pip and Chris here. Um, and uh, speaking for myself, I mean, we started this little thing because I, I always want to say growing up here, but sort of getting started in the entertainment business, there was a pretty healthy sort of bar culture that really helped me get started um, in terms of asking questions to learn things, um, meet people and get hired. I got a lot of work at the Pasmari Bar specifically. Um, and so this is sort of our opportunity to try and give that back to people who may not have caught the tail end of that. Um, thanks for much for coming. This is our uh, beer economy panel. Um, I'm taking the night off from moderating tonight, so it's going to be Pip this time, which is going to be super good. Uh, Chris is actually on the panel this time, which is amazing. Um, we'd like to say thank you to the Central for Amy and Sarah, who are your bartenders. And thanks Wayne, very who's much. the owner. And Wayne, who's the owner. Thank you, Pip. I would like to say thank you to the traditional uh, caretakers of this land, uh, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee, the Mississaugas of the New Credit, and the Anishinaabe peoples, whom we acknowledge and respect. Uh, Thanks very much. Um, And do we need... Anything else before we get started? You should probably call out Michael Cruz in the title block podcast. We totally should. So the reason why I'm talking to the microphone and you can't hear me as well as you'd like is because we're recording this for the title block podcast. Uh, This is an initiative done by Michael Cruz, who's an amazing dude. Um, We have some business cards, but basically it's thetitleblock.com. Primarily, he does podcasts with theater designers, being a lighting designer himself. Um, He finished his time in the theater scene, uh, more or less, he still does some shows, because he decided he wanted to go save lives, and he's a paramedic now. Um, But he keeps his hand in the theater scene by talking to designers he respects. 
um, and, and us and, for whatever and, reason. And for some reason, he records our stuff and puts it on his website. <laughs> you should totally look into it. Uh, you can donate to him on Patreon, and I think it, all the stuff's on the website. TheTitleBlock.com. Please check it out. Um, we're going to talk for probably 45 minutes, probably an hour, um, and then we're going to really want your questions. If you really want to ask a question of something that's super relevant, just shout it out. We're, it's pretty cool. Um, and then there's a microphone here if you want your uh, question to be recorded for posterity. I'm just going to turn it 90 degrees so you can come up and talk into it. Um, without further ado, Pip Bradford. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Bellows. Um, so first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go around to our panel, and I'm going to ask everyone to say hello and introduce themselves and just tell us a little bit about what they do. Uh, I'm going to start. My name is Pip Bradford. Uh, I generally production manage, but I also do a little bit of everything else, and I'm also an installation artist working out of Toronto. I'm Jif Parasram. Uh, I do a lot of different things. Um, primarily work as a director-producer, I would say. Um, I'm one of the founders and uh, the artistic producer over at Pandemic Theatre. Uh, I also work as the associate artistic producer at Theatre Pasmarai and do a bunch of other stuff. I PM'd, SM'd, TD'd, dramaturged. There's a big list. Um, <laughs> like everyone else here probably does as well. <laughs> Yes, yes. Long list of things I've done, but primarily what's your, I'm what's your name? Bit, a, um, <laughs> a, uh, a director, dramaturg, producer. Um, my company, the Steady State Theatre Project, uh, focuses on new play development programming, and so I run a few play development groups. I do a lot of one-on-one dramaturgy. I direct a bunch of new plays. I do a lot of work for little bits of money are free, and I was once a high school teacher. Uh, I'm Julia Nishlapidis. I uh, also do lots of things. Who doesn't? Um, I am the artistic producer and uh, co-founder of Shakespeare Bashed. We do Shakespeare in bars. Uh, I also produce other shows. I work at the theater center. I've, I direct, I act. I was managing director at Common Boots for a couple of years. All sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm Christopher Ross. I uh, run the Theater Pass Mariah Backspace. Um, and I am otherwise a uh, freelance PM, TD, technician, um, very primarily on the, the lighting designer, very primarily on the technical side of things, mostly. Uh, not as creative as these fine folks, but, uh, you know, that's what I do. Who could be as creative as these fine folks, I ask you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first question I have for all of our panelists is, how many favors do you think you have in the bank? (laughs) Do we have to go in order? (laughs) No, you can answer in whatever order you like. So my answer is zero, because I think, I think, as many favors as I've done, and that's many, many. I've had so much beer, places to stay, trips, whatever. Um, but I've also asked for very many. And so I'm probably about about even at this point. Maybe maybe I, maybe I owe a little bit more than I've received. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> well, you're making up a favor zero. for me right now. <laughs> All right. So maybe plus one. <laughs> I think I might, oh, I don't know. I work very hard to keep it even at all times. (laughs) I don't like to owe too much. I don't like to be owed too much. 
So I try to kind of <laughs> make sure I'm doing for the people who do for me and that I'm asking the people to help me who I know that I have been helping. Uh, I might owe a few, but I think I'm pretty even. Um, I probably have a bunch. Because uh, I primarily, part of the reason I'm on this panel is because I primarily get asked to do favors as opposed to ask other people for favors. Um, but, I mean, I also consider a favor repaid pretty easily. Like, really, all you got to do is, like, invite me out for a drink after the show or whatever, and I'll probably consider that uh, that favor repaid. So, um, not as many as, as, as I might think. But I, I, have, I have a bunch in the bank, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd probably go into that as well. Like, it's, it's for me, it's kind of hard to define favor. Like, it's a larger question about why do stuff in the first place. Uh, there's probably a couple favors I'm, that I, you know, and I, they become favors that I'm owed once I don't like the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so those, there's probably a few people who owe me. But otherwise, I feel like it's pretty even keel all the way around. Uh, yeah, to be clear, I guess I didn't really define a lot about what I was thinking about when I when I called this the beer economy. Uh, for, this is this panel is my idea, and uh, one of the things that I was really interested in discussing is the fact that I feel like a lot of the work that we do in, in theater is very uh, favor-based. Like, a lot of times I'll get asked to do things like write a tech writer for a bottle of vodka, or like come in and operate a show for the night and we'll buy you dinner, or do do things of that nature. And sometimes those asks are meaningful and sometimes I think that they're really and they're beneficial for me in the long run and I think over the course of the conversation we'll discuss both those types uh, of asks but sometimes they're really sometimes they're just a drain on me and on my resources uh, and so that was why I was interested in, in bringing this up and discussing it I know I already asked you a question I'm the worst moderator Kevin you should just do this all the time okay. uh, <laughs> anyway so that that's kind of that's kind of the point of what we're asking and so uh, but I think that you really really raise a very interesting point in discussing like what's the what's the point of doing a favor, or what is a favor, or what is... Could, could you elaborate on that a little bit more, I guess, is what I would... Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it... For me, I think the, the larger picture is what's the outcome that we're going it for. Uh, so an example I can use is, like, I'm one of the, the core organizers for the Wrecking Ball, right? And the Wrecking Ball exists on asking people for favors. Uh, at the same time, um... As one of the core organizers, people have asked me to do a favor to be one of the core organizers. So it's this weird ball of favors that travels through the theater industry, um, or theater sector, I should say. So, and I, actually, maybe that's it. The difference to me, when are we in sector, community, uh, and when are we in industry? And when it's in industry, I feel like I'm exchanging my labor, and I'm not really getting an outcome from it. Like, if I'm actively involved, if it's a fun process, if there's some kind of exchange going that way, I don't really think of it as a favor. I think of it as uh, inviting me in as a collaborator on your team, in a small way, a big mm -hmm. way, whatever that is. But if it's like, can you move this fridge for me, then that's <laughs> kind, that could be a favor, depending, right? Or a bit less, um, like, off the cuff on that one, like, if someone asks me, can you come in and give me notes on my show? Absolutely, happy to do so. If they don't want to hear the notes and then they've just kind of wasted my time, then that's now a favor um, that I can ask them for something else. So a favor is not necessarily defined in the moment, but is something that develops. Yeah, I think so. And then also the amount of favors, too. <laughs> the depth of the ask. Yeah. I also think it comes down to, like, I mean, 
pretty much what you were saying, like how you feel about that experience. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm doing a favor and you owe me something if I feel like I'm helping someone I care about or helping with something that I'm excited about, even if it's as simple as like, will you run the door for the night for my event? If you make it easy for me and I enjoy myself while I'm there and I don't feel like I have to work too hard that I can still uh, help you out and feel that I'm being useful, but not feel like you just expect me to do tons of work for you, mm -hmm. then it doesn't feel like a favor. It feels like I'm now part of this and it feels good and I'm happy to do it. The second I show up and you're like, I've done no preparation here, go do it. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I, I don't know what you need or how to do it properly. And then I have to put in real serious work. Then it's a favor and I feel like that's not cool and you might owe me. <laughs> yeah, um, on the, on the like kind of hard technical side, um, I guess to a certain degree, um, the only favors I do are stuff that like I really enjoy. And a lot of times when I get asked for a favor, like, hey, will you help me set up this show or like put up some lights or something? Usually it's because it's in like a non-conventional space that uh, like, you know, hey, let's, we gotta set up the show in this bar and we need somebody who knows, you know, who, who can think on their feet and knows what they're doing. And I'll probably say yes to that because I really enjoy that kind of stuff. If you ask me to come to your theater and hang your lights for free, I'm probably gonna say absolutely not. Um, <laughs> unless it's because you're like maybe Pip and you're super screwed. But like she wouldn't, it wouldn't even do that. Like, you know? So I guess a lot of times the only favors I really do are stuff that I just like genuinely enjoy and like the people and. You know. Well, so as a as an often favor asker, um, <laughs> I, I would say that you know I have to I have to weigh it out. What can I offer somebody that's actually going to make it worth it for them to do this favor for me? Is it is it that I'm going to pay for their drinks for the night or buy them dinner, and that's going to make it worth it for them to come and, and and do something for my event for the night or for the week, or is it that I'm giving them a an amazing trip, or is it that I'm I don't know that I'm giving or a not amazing trip. That bus ride to Edmonton was not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't pan out as you think it will. But uh, but you know I mean and that's and that's what it is for me too. When people ask me favors, I'm thinking, okay, like is this experience, this check on my resume, gonna be more valuable than the paycheck? Maybe. Um, so and and so, how much am I offering you one beer, or am I offering you beer for the night? Um, you know, if I do the do a festival, let's say, and I've got I've paid for the festival, but I've got a a technician. You know, I I like I'm gonna give beer as an as an extra thank you there because you know it's it's like it's you know. You have to give them a little bit more because that's the that's the calculation, and it's 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 a it's a living body. I would say I've done a number of shows for Maya, and she always includes a little beer allowance for the technician in our budget. I'm also I'm also uh, have a lot of Jewish guilt, so I <laughs> I'll throw like more more drinks into it because I don't want to you know. I was just saying to my husband earlier when I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say to this. I feel like I just operate on my Jewish guilt. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, is Jewish guilt a thing? And I was like, it is to me. So it's nice to hear you say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> Fully half our panel operates under <laughs> Jewish guilt. <laughs> 
but actually, something you said, Maya, really uh, brings up a great point, which I think is about doing favors to advance your career versus doing favors because you feel passionately about things. Do, do you think there's any value uh, in doing favors to advance your career? I don't know that I... I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think for myself. I don't know that I ever get asked favors to advance my career. Like, I'm trying to think of a time that somebody has asked me to do something that was like, uh, you know, something some above me, like not a friend who's like, hey, like I need to get this summer works show up and running. Like, will you help build my set? That's just a favor for a friend. Like, I mean, it advances my career to the degree that like, hey, I like some practice at building Coroplast plinths, which we did recently. Um, Right, um, but like, I'll, I don't, I don't think I get asked a lot of times uh, to do like, you know, technical favors for. I mean, I guess that being said, I guess maybe from being asked to like, PM something that might be advancing my career to the degree that it gives me, you know, practice at it. But like, I don't think I get asked a lot to advance my career. Well, and and there's an interesting story about a designer I was working with who was trying to get get further along in her career, trying to move into the professional world. And I was working for um, for uh, for uh, the Amy Project. I don't know if you know this company. It's the artist, artist Mentoring Youth. And every year we put on a production, and that production then is picked up by SummerWorks. So, and we hire professional designers to be a part of the project uh, because it's a great experience for the youth also. So this designer friend of mine... I offered her the uh, the opportunity to be part of this because I thought great opportunity because she's not quite a professional designer yet, but it's going to make it's 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 going to put her in that position. But what she saw it as was uh, was my asking her to do a youth project, and and there was a not a common understanding of what the offer was there because she saw it as a favor to me, and I saw it as an opportunity to her, uh, and and. You know, we're fine. We're still, we're still friends, and we're still working. <laughs> but you know, it's it's when offering favors, it's important to to set the terms and to make sure that the person understands what it is you're offering them. Because is it is it professional development? Because for me, I mean, if somebody offered me a job working with um, like a, let's say a dramaturg that I really liked, uh, I would do it for free because because that's really valuable for me. But but. Uh, but for me, if it's not, you know, it's you need to make sure that you understand ahead of time what what it's going to be. If it's going to be a bus ride to a miserable bus ride to Edmonton, then it's not uh, valuable. Well, you paid me something for that, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyway. I think when I was younger and like newer in my career. I did favors based on like the connections that could be made out of it. I volunteered to stage manage a big gala fundraiser at an elementary school every year where they raised tons of money because the parents who ran it were all in the business and they brought in huge theater people who I wanted to meet. And I got real paying jobs out of that. So that made sense. But they asked me like a few years ago and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> because, because I didn't get any satisfaction out of it. It was purely for connections. And those weren't connections that were as beneficial to me anymore. And I think there's that as well when deciding whether to do a favor. I think generally you just gotta be aware, right? I mean like there's, 
I'm always super hesitant when someone's like, this thing's gonna be great for you. Like, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Is it? So there's, there's that element of it versus, uh, you know, like, okay, so like my first SM gig, my first paid SM gig, uh, was, I don't know if I'd call it a favor. It was like, there was a little bit of money. They needed the SM. They were fairly flexible and they were like, I can pay you 400 bucks. It's gonna be for like a couple of weeks, two, three weeks of run. Uh, and this, like a bit of rehearsal as much as you can make it. I did it. And uh, yeah, I mean like out of that though, like there were probably like eight projects that came up immediately after as we continued to work. And that's it, right? I don't know if it's a favor, if it's, like it does create an opportunity, I guess, because it makes a connection, makes a relationship, but what it's really doing for me is saying, I'm in a tough place right now. This is a good relationship I'm talking about. I'm in a tough place right now. Can you help me out? And then later, they're probably gonna come back to you and say like, great, this time I have more money. Maybe I can, you know, I'm gonna pay you more money. And generally, like, as a producer, like pandemic got started off of buying people beer. I used to work at Steam Whistle, so I would get kegs. <laughs> like, yeah, you would man. get like tickets yeah, every yeah. week and you could save them up and get kegs. Uh, there was a party where Chris threw chairs off his balcony at our uh, closing party. Like that's the amount of kegs we would get. Last and week. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's how we started doing it, right? Um, now we're at a place where we try our best to never not pay people. Uh, but we're always calling in favors and stuff, you know? And it is always with the caveat, like, if I had more money, I would give you more money. I never take money unless everybody gets paid, personally, as a producer. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna hope the same for other people, right? Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's part of it in, um, uh, you definitely have to differentiate, like, that, that's always the hope, is that people will ask you to do a favor, but they'd like, but if I had more money, or next time I do have more money, I will totally pay you as opposed to the people who just learn that you'll do a thing for free, uh, and then will keep asking you to do a thing for free, and there are definitely those people out there. Um, that's actually a good, uh, stage management is totally, like when I was younger, how I got started doing favors was being, uh, you know, asked to stage manage, and then being asked to stage manage again, and yeah, I'll do that for a favor, or I mean, maybe like a profit share, which these days I almost consider a favor anyway, because yeah. who knows if you're gonna make any money. Um, but you know, and, and back then it was okay. And then I got hired as a technician and I started getting paid for everything I did. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. I don't need to do that anymore. And now if you ask me to stage manage a show for a favor, obviously not, I got bills to pay. I can't, I can't do that. I'll give you all this beer. <laughs> and that is valuable to be fair. But. It, yeah. Actually, uh, one of the reasons why I was really interested in advancing this panel at this time is because I have a bit of a, of what I like to call a favor Cinderella story which is that I, uh, a company for whom I have done a number of favors over the years paid off, and uh, now I have a contract. Uh, and I guess, but this is a company that I would like to make clear, they, like, I pursued giving them favors. Like, I very much put myself forward as being like, hey, I like working with you. I want to do more with you, blah, blah, blah. And now, uh, now because I have made myself so available and because we've worked together and we discovered we really like working together, uh, I, I'm... I'm getting paid. Uh, do you think there's value in doing that? Do you think there's value in putting yourself forward and doing favors for companies that you want to work with in the future? For the right people. Yeah. And for people who you truly believe will do good by you. Like, if you're passionate about the work, then I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think you can 
overextend yourself or and and if you're doing it just because one day I'll get money from them well you never know but if there's a company that like you want to get involved in yeah I just think you have to be careful it's about like in my opinion if you're someone who is asking for favors it is your obligation to remember who does those favors for you and those are the first people you call when you have money for whatever it was they were helping you with. And if the people you're doing a favor for don't seem like that's their thing, then maybe think about how many favors you want to do for them. Um, I do think there's definitely value in that, uh, in doing favors uh, to get involved. And that's actually, um, I've done plenty of favors, not because I wanted to work with the company in the future because I have a full-time job, but just because I wanted to hang out with those people. Like, I just want to <laughs> get in on the cool parties, like, frankly. Um, but there are other companies. Uh, Elephants Collective is, is one that I work with um, who they do weird performance art. It's always exciting mm -hmm. and strange, and I really enjoy it. And I started, they were in my space to do a show, and we did the show together, and then they moved on. And I liked them, so I kept helping them because I was like, hey, what you guys do is kind of cool and I want to be involved. So I kept helping, and now, you know, I'm a company member. So, you know, they're still not really paying me, but we're doing weird shit and they're going to Halifax and it's going to be crazy. So there is, I think, definitely value in, uh, in doing favors for companies you want to work with. Rarely do I do it to advance my career because, again, like, I have a full-time job and I, I do, uh, you know, d tech work that pays me, but sometimes I just want to hang out with people, so, you know, I'll show up to strike and... Help them strike. Meyer, Jim, do you have something you want to add to the? I think the only thing I'd add. Sorry. No, go ahead. The the only thing I would add to that is maybe like there there's an importance to knowing what you're worth and not devaluing what you're worth, and maybe that can that's a way to equate that favor thing. I've taken gigs, um, paying gigs, and you know free gigs and stuff, and uh, also just for the base value of being able to should someone ask you be like. What would you say your in-kind services were worth? I can say, here's my hourly rate. By this job, for this amount, this would have cost X amount. You should know that, so that next time you write a grant, you can budget for it, or, you know, just so you, you know how much time I put in. And sometimes, even when I'm getting paid under contract, it's a favor. Like, my, my rates, the way I like to break it down is, I, my rates are my rates, um, and then otherwise, Essentially, it's for free, uh, and it's whatever you want to pay me. Like, I, I'm happy to do it. Usually, I'm happy to do it. But establishing that for yourself, so you, you're not in a constant place of having to devalue it. It's the same idea, I think, of, like, really liking someone and, like, carrying their books around for them so that one day they might smile at you. They might not <laughs> smile at you. And it's okay if they don't smile. Nobody said that they were going to smile at you. You were just... Carrying books around. <laughs> but people have tablets now, so it's easier. <laughs> right. Some of those tablets can be pretty heavy. That's true. But Blackberry. Yeah. But I mean it's 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 a challenge, right? Because uh, you know, you have to really think, is this valuable to me? Are they gonna ask me to the dance if I carry the books for them? <laughs> but uh, and, and probably not. And you know, like uh, you know, I graduated from theater school like ten or eleven or 12 years ago and uh and you know back then okay so so I could hire the designers who are now um like way 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 more professional than I am and they would do the work 
for free or for beer and we would and, and then it was beneficial for them because they were getting that first experience and and for me now there are some things that I would that I would charge an hourly rate for um, and some things that are still valuable to me I mean I'm you know I'm, I, there are areas that I'm still striving for my full-time professional money <laughs> goal you know I, and 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 maybe someday I'll I'll say, well, I tried that and now I'm not gonna try for that anymore. But for now, each each offer I get, I have to I have to evaluate the the offer and whether it's going to actually push me somewhere. You know, like I well, I sat on the factory theater board for five years. And that's interesting because that's a free opportunity I got out before all the craziness. Um, <laughs> Uh, not that it's crazy anymore, but it did get crazy for a time. I got out like six months before that. I think it but might still be a little crazy. A little crazy. But, but you know, uh, for me, when that was offered to me, I was like fresh out of university. And I was like, yes, this is an amazing opportunity. Um, but did it move me anywhere? Probably not. And if somebody offered me for that, I mean, that's an interesting thing because that's kind of, it's not a professional gig. It's kind of a professional gig. It's a bit of an in-betweeny. But if somebody offered me that now, my evaluation would be a little different than it was then because it's not the same. It's not the same offer. It's not the same value to me. Probably. Yeah, um, I just want to. Uh, what Jim was saying uh, was actually really. Uh, I think it was Ray Salverda that brought it up in one of our previous panels that you should straight up invoice for favors you do. You should totally mm-hmm. send an invoice with your hourly rate and everything, and then at the bottom say like uh, donated to a company, but, like, just so you know, this is what you would have been paying me. Um, that actually helps, too. Like, mm-hmm. from filing reports, that really helps. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, and I, uh, I think actually almost, uh, I draw the distinction between, like, a favor versus, like, just something I do because I, I really want to do it, uh, is who I would send that invoice to. Like, I'm probably not gonna send that invoice to, like, I'm, I'm helping uh, my girlfriend put up a show in Kensington. I'm probably not gonna invoice her, uh, for that. <laughs> but the kind of company I but would, you, that's you a favor. should. I probably should. You should. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love <laughs> But then Rebecca would invoice us for all the favors she does for us, and then we just, uh, we, it would just yep. be a cycle, a, a bad cycle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and in fact, like as a, as a production manager, I often ask people to, to lend me gear or rent it to me at a rate that I think is disgusting, frankly, uh, because my companies have no money, but a lot of times I will get invoices that are very specific about like the, the percentage of discount that I got, which is sometimes as much as 95, uh, <laughs> which is a really high number. But it's good for the company. The company then sees what the value, the like the actual monetary value of the favor is. Um, what do you think is the best way to ask for a favor? That depends on the favor you're asking. Make up any scenario you want. Well, it's fantasy game here. Well, I mean, uh, there's there's the kind of favor where you're offering. Um, where you want it, where you want it to be as professional as you can possibly get to. It's a small amount, or it's a dinner and a beer, or whatever it is. But to have a proper meeting and to present a contract that outlines all of that, and that's fine. And I've done that too. Or, but you know, then there's also um, like, you know, and I and I mentioned this earlier that once I I I like rented a warehouse space for. $500 and two cases of beer for three weeks and and like that couldn't have been done in a professional way 
you know, then that's, and that's the kind of thing where you have to make it really casual because that's the kind of arrangement you're making. Um, but, and it's the same as the figuring out what it is you're going to offer. You have to evaluate the worth of what you're putting forward and how it's going to be accepted. <laughs> yeah, I would just say, you know, transparent, as transparent as possible. With the knowledge of who you're talking to. Uh, but just like, hey, I'm going to ask you for a favor. I don't have any money. Just putting that right out there. <laughs> uh, do you want to do it? And then like, no? Okay, great. Yes, let's keep talking. Uh, how's your schedule is <laughs> the next one. <laughs> but that's the thing. you got to be able to accommodate people's schedule. Like, people ask me for favors all the time. I don't, I don't mind. It's like, can you work around my schedule? Then sure. If I can make it work, I have no problem doing a favor for you. And also, you know, and career-wise, too, like, I'm at a place now, I guess, where I'm in a position, oddly, where people are like, I need to ask you for some mentoring advice. And I'm like, that's weird. Grants. <laughs> He's good at grants. <laughs> so whatever it is, right? Like, I'm happy to do that, but it's like, well, yeah, I used to ask, like, people all the time. And I didn't even know to call it mentoring. I thought I was just like... <laughs> Are you around? Can I can I ask you my problems? <laughs> so it doesn't ebb and flow to it, but just straight up, yeah. transparent. Yeah. Here it is. Well, and one thing, like I, I've just hired five dramaturgs to work with some playwrights that I that I have as part of my company programming. And there's nothing that I can really offer them. It's not gonna be a huge step in their career. It's one meeting a month. They could do it over the phone. And I'm offering them a lot of beer for it. And, like, so why not? You know, and that's kind of... But transparency, that's what I have to put forward. Like, no money, yes, beer, one hour, could be anywhere you want. You know, and... And, like, details. I've been asked for, like, hey, could you come to the thing and help out? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but what am I going to do? What exactly are you asking me to do? Because when I show up, I want to know what I'm walking into. I want to be prepared for it. And I think it's easier to do a favor when you know exactly what you're getting into. So I make sure if I'm asking for a favor that I'm very clear, totally transparent like you guys were saying. And like, just here are a bunch of details. Uh, Let's answer any questions you have. Let's make it as easy on you as possible to do this for me. Um, I'm trying to think of the kind of favors that I would ask as more of like a technician. Um, And there is stuff like, uh, hey, do you got like a metal chop saw I can borrow or something like that? Or like uh, a little bit of gear? I almost consider that to be like a one hand washes the other kind of thing because when people ask to borrow my gear, I don't consider it a favor. I'm just like, yeah, totally. You're You're one of the team, so sure, take it. Um, so I almost barely consider that, like, a favor. Um, if I'm doing something, I mean, I would only ask for, like, work from somebody, uh, if I was absolutely desperate, someone had dropped out last, last minute, and frankly, like, and I I did this recently with Joey Morin, um, I had to complete a job and I didn't know how to do it, and I sent him this big, long email with all this information, I was like, dude, can you just explain to me how to do this? And I straight up said, I was like, I will pay you out of pocket to, like, for this technical consultation. Like, I, it's almost not even a favor. It's like, dude, I will pay you. And obviously he didn't take it because it's Joey and he totally would just do that for free. But I, 
honestly, when I'm asking for like a favor, I will usually offer to pay them from my own money, and nobody has ever taken me up on that. I don't know if that's cheap. I totally mean it. I will pay you, but like nobody has ever taken my money. So, you know, there you go. Right? I guess that's almost like a cheap trick, but don't do that. <laughs> don't take don't do it on purpose. Yeah. That might backfire on you. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been in a position where you needed to call in a favor or uh, tell someone that they owed you? Oh. And how did you do that? <laughs> like, like, you know, just like, hey, buddy. So, for instance, I'm doing this panel at the Central, 8 p.m. on Monday, September 19th. Well, it's interesting because I brought up this story earlier about this designer I engaged to an old friend of mine who I thought I was giving a great opportunity to work as a professional direct designer, get money, but she saw it as a youth yeah. project. Um, well, I actually am working on a project now where I don't have a lot of money and asked the same person, hey, are you able to do this? Because I kind of saw it as, hey, I gave you that opportunity. Now, do you think you could step in and help me a little bit here? And that's when I then understood that actually she saw that last opportunity as a favor that she was doing for me. And that I owed her, uh, you know. But, uh, again, communication is key. (laughs) (laughs) And an offering to read grant applications is always a good way of paying people back, which is how I did repay my debt there. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever had to, to, to be like, hey, by the way, you owe me. And maybe it's just not in my character. I'm not sure. Um, or I feel like if I were to say that to somebody who I thought I had like a legitimate relationship with and they were already, and then, you know, they were, if I felt like I needed to say by the way, you owe me this, I don't think I even want to enter into that equation. Um, But if I know that, I will hold on to that until like (laughs) 20 years from now, and I will use it then. (laughs) Jib's tombstone is just going to be a list of everyone who owes him. (laughs) Luckily, Hindu, we get cremated. That list goes with me, and you'll never know. You owed me everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't even know that I would necessarily do a favor for somebody that I thought I was going to have to say, hey, I did this for you, so you should do this for me. Like, I think, for most, I, like, I can't think of a time, ever a time I've called it a favor. No, I can't think of one. No. Uh, I mean, I'm sure someone's here or is going to listen to this and be like, Julia, she, like, did this, and they're going to think I'm such a horrible person for not There's remembering. There's a microphone right there. Tell us. Tell us all about it. Uh, but, like, Call no, I, I can't think of ever calling in a favor. I can't think of ever, like, uh, no. Probably, but no. So none of you will own up to having done it, but do you think people should? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, listen, listen. I mean, Pip, I will say that probably probably we are uneven, and probably there are plenty of favors that I could owe to you. And, uh, and, and if you were to call me up and say, like, hey, could you come and do this thing for me? And I can't even think of what that would be. But, uh, you know, I would probably be like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I probably owe you. So I'll do it. Yeah, I'm... 
I'm probably more likely to do a favor if you just ask me to do a thing as opposed to saying, by the way, you owe me. Then yeah. I'll be like, whoa. It's true. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's true. What about <laughs> this thing? Yeah. Like, All of a sudden you're in a bar, there's a chart. <laughs> I don't want to do favors. I don't do favors so that someone owes me something. And I like to think that the people who are helping me out aren't doing it so that now I owe them. So if suddenly someone said that to me, I'd be a little surprised. Mm -hmm. Whereas I would probably be much more receptive to them just asking for me to help them out yeah. as I may have done in the past or as they may have done with me. And if they asked me, I'd be like, yeah, you've helped me so much. I'd be happy to do that for you. Yeah. But I don't know about the, like, like keeping score. Yeah, if they took out the chart and were like, so, unscroll, here you go, here's here's where I stand, here where you stand, and... They yeah. still have a scroll, too. Which yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, I have Papyrus. a chart like this for all of you. <laughs> you know, it's like they say, don't, don't lend someone money and plan to actually get it back. If you lend someone money, say goodbye to your money. I think it's the same thing. Yeah. Do a favor. You're not doing it so that someone owes you and, or, and does yeah. something for you in return. Mm-hmm. That being said, I just want to clarify. When I say I've never called in a favor, I probably called in a favor, I guess, but I've never, I've never called someone up and been like, yeah. I'm calling you up. The time has come. <laughs> <laughs> that's only when I need to disappear a body, right? Like, otherwise... And that's only happened, like, three times. <laughs> well, and that's, I think, the value of having, having the, the payment, whatever it is, right there on the table, right there in the beginning... Mm -hmm. You know, am I giving you beer? Am I giving you dinner? Am I paying you 50 bucks? Um, or, like, driving you around for a month? But, like, you know, whatever it is, you know, make it clear at the time so you don't have this tension afterwards where it's like, I owe you something, you owe me something, I hate you for giving me that or making me do that. Yeah, if you're doing it for a beer, then you're doing it for a beer. Yeah. You get the beer, mm -hmm. you're done. That's the end of yeah. that. We're square. One. Mm -hmm. There's a village custom um, where my parents grew up and like where my family's from, where what you would do is they, they had a thing, they called it a susu, but it may have only been called a sue, and that may have not actually been the name because they made up names for stuff all the time. <laughs> but essentially, there's a pot. There's a pot of money, not an actual pot. They might have actually at one point been a pot, I shouldn't say that. But there's a pot of money. <laughs> and, uh, and the way it works is that it's not really a question. The money is there for the community, and if people need to take it out, you do kind of track it and stuff, but there, it's, a, it's a form of microfinance. Like, then that's just been a cultural thing that's kept our communities going for a long time. And people know to pay back, but I don't know how much accountability there is if you mm -hmm. don't pay back. You take that into consideration. Like, I've got, and myself as well, like, I struggle with a lot of stuff in my life. Like, I've got... Lots of issues. I have friends who have even more issues. And I'm not going to judge them if they can't live up to a promise they made. Because it's like, yeah, you just got out of rehab. I don't care. Just stay clean and you're doing a favor to me, right? So whatever that is, it is a community thing. And I think that when we start uh, having to, to keep track of everything, it, it's a bit of a problem and it's a little bit toxic to how, do I think, why people are doing theater in the first place? Because it's not, it's not the most profitable <laughs> endeavor that you could be after, right? Unless you have no other skills. And then you have a very diverse skill set, so you I, probably have sure skills. I'm pretty sure you have skills. skills yeah. Our audience has skills, Jim. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Uh, not gonna say on a podcast. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. 
just meant to skills. To skills? Yeah. Oh, any sp Sorry. So you guys have a diverse skill set. So you're just, you're just yelling at the crowd. Oh, uh, everybody here, I'm sure, has a diverse skill set. I don't know everybody that well, but I will say, in general, if you work in theater, and you're working in theater, your skill set is probably immensely diverse. Yeah, if you try to apply that to any other field, not any other field, many other fields, it'll do pretty well, probably. Yeah. I couldn't build a rocket ship, but I could probably do anything else. Build a pretend rocket ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, and like smoke would come out the bottom yeah. and it'll light up and everything. <laughs> Don't go to the moon in it. Um, well, my, my follow-up question, I guess, was uh, do you think it's ever worthwhile when you are considering whether or not to give someone a favor to consider what you could get out of it? Like, what 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 do they have resources-wise that might be useful to you? But it sounds like, I mean, we, it sort of sounds like we already kind of answered that in the sense that, like, we all feel like we're, like, doing favors for beer than we're doing favors for beer, but... But it can be, like, if someone asks you for a favor and, you know, in that moment there's something that they could help you with... You can say, I'd be happy to do that for you. Would you mind doing blah, blah, blah for me? It's just like at, at its simplest form is like postcard exchanges in programs. Yeah, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll happily stuff your postcards in my program. Can you stuff mine in yours? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. What's the exchange and what's actual the real cost to you uh, in mm -hmm. so many ways of what that means? Time, sure. Mm -hmm. We can get, all get proper Marxists and all that. But also, like, spiritually, what's the cost to you and your living? Uh, and I will say, like, look, there are different things. If somebody is like, can you come, like, talk to the group about, like, an idea, like, some kind of theory thing, you know, articulate like that. Happy to do so. <laughs> if someone's like, my group is having a lot of trouble confronting the idea of privilege. Could you come dissect what race means to all of us? <laughs> like, I could, but people pay me a lot of money to do that, because that takes like two days for me to process how ignorant you people are. That's our Bellows panel for December. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a bigger ask, right? To me, but maybe it's not a big ask for somebody who doesn't have to walk away from that and be like, wow, that hurt me so much to be there in that room. Uh, versus someone who maybe the case is like, oh, you guys are idiots, doesn't really affect me that much. Ask them, they're great. I'm sure they're awesome. Um, I think to a certain degree, more than uh, wondering or like more than assessing sort of what uh, I can get out of that favor, I assess why I'm being asked and like why am I not just being like, paid or like why why is this favor being asked to me because there are companies who ask me for favors who i think and i'm not gonna name any names who i think uh no you should be able to afford that or figure out how to afford that and to a certain degree if i'm being asked to do something technical like uh your lighting design or uh hang your lights or something like stuff like that if you can't pay me to do it, maybe you can't afford to do that. Maybe you need to scale back what you're doing. So there are there are some companies who will ask me to do things that I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. I get paid for that, sorry. So that's what I assess more than what I'm gonna get out of it. But I guess in an ideal world, like to backtrack the 12 or whatever years since I graduated, you know, that those of us who were asking favors of each other would ask them and we'd all develop and we'd all give and take until then we were all in the same place and then we would 
develop more and then we wouldn't need none of us wouldn't need it anymore um and but but unfortunately it doesn't work like that and uh and not it's not that some people succeed and some people fail but some people succeed at different rates and you know and and that like i said you know 11 12 years ago i i worked with those designers who are now like hugely successful um and I'm not going to ask them for, for favors anymore, but if they ask me now to help them out with something, I probably would do it, <laughs> you know, because that, that's still valuable to me, um, you know, to, like I said, I'm not going to do any work for free. I do get paid for some of the work I do, um, but, but, you know, if something's gonna, going to advance, advance me or advance my career in a way that I'm not advanced yet, then, then definitely, um, then definitely, I will, I will do it, uh, even if it means, you know, not having enough money for a little while, <laughs> for my child or whatever. <laughs> uh, that actually segues really nicely into another point uh, I wanted to ask you about, which is, uh, do you think that you could do your work without favors? Do you think that we could get our work done without generosity uh, from the community from each other? As a whole, or us specifically? I would like for you to address both points of that question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, give me a minute to think. Yeah, you, you can go. I, I, I couldn't have started doing my work without it. Um, and when I think about how much, personally, I think people should get paid for the stuff that uh, we do, and what they do get paid, even by, you know, like, equity or ADC. Like, you know, if we look at, like, professionally, we have established this is... The bare minimum you should pay people, you know, like you gotta at least pay them this. It's good to always remind yourself that is the bare minimum. Um, but even that, and what I know the work is worth, are often very different. The work is often worth a lot more than that. Uh, so in that way, I think we're all being very generous with our time. Uh, I mean, not everybody, some people suck. But uh, <laughs> they get the bare minimum. I got no problem with that. Uh, but largely, people are quite generous with their time. And um, so I don't think that any of us could really keep doing this uh, otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think the quality of work would suffer immensely. Um, there are definitely times when I go into do a favor, help set up a show in a storefront space or whatever, and at, sort of like during the process think, what the hell would you do if I wasn't here? Like, how, what would you have done? Um, and like, they'd probably figure it out, but like, it might not be as good, and that's not tooting my own horn, but like, you know, I, I have something to add to the process, so um, I think the quality of work would just not be as good if we weren't helping each other out with mm -hmm. our expertise and time than our time, uh, so yeah. Well, and for me, I think a lot of the work I do through my company, uh, the new play development programming, and sometimes I have events like similar to, to this, sort of in a, in a bar, people can present random pieces of work, whatever they like, and I think that's, you know, in a way, in a way, saying to my, to my dramaturgs, hey, I'm not going to pay you any money. Meet with this person once a month. I'll give you some beer. Come to this event. It helps build the community. 
and uh, and I think that's a huge part of the of the of the beer economy um, that that we build that we build relationships where it's not just that we're that it's not just that um, I'm buying you beer because you came in and did this favor, but also we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about the next project or a bunch of people are going to get together. And eventually that's going to grow into something bigger and we'll get more satisfaction out of that. But, but the conversation and the community is satisfaction also. I also, for, for me, a lot of the work that I've done without money involved is the work that I've been the most passionate about uh, and, and that I feel the most satisfied from. And, you know, I've done work where there is not, I mean, it's theater, there's no good money, but there is money to live off of where I am really doing it for the money. And at a certain point, it still involves the same amount of commitment and ridiculous work that your money doesn't actually equal out to being worth the time you're spending on it. And then you're not as passionate about the project that sometimes I would prefer to do something as a favor or just with, you know, my own passion that I'm really excited about and to be in a room of people who aren't there for a paycheck but are there because they want to be there and they want to bring themselves to this can be really exciting and I think has been some of the best work that I've been involved in. Not to say that everyone in that room doesn't deserve tons of money for their work, but... It, you know, there's an energy to that. It's the community. It's. Yeah. Um, I think that's ab- like that's absolutely true. Um, there are uh, shows that come from my space, and like every show that comes from my space, uh, I will give you know uh, my a uh, very high quality of work to, and I will do my job very very well. But there are every so often a group comes through and like. One of my favorite examples is when um, uh, Jim James Smith and Gil Garrett came through and did the show that smells, which is a weird little show they did. I know, uh, and it was they were so great and they were so like there were two of them putting up this ridiculous show because they really wanted to and they were so wonderful that I was like, I'm gonna help you guys in every way I can. Like I am totally gonna help you design your lights. I am gonna uh, help you like I'm gonna string all these uh, these these lights up for you and make this this uh, atmosphere really. And I like made some split gels and like with quadrants of color and like I put my all into that show because they were really great and I really liked them and I still feel really rewarded by that show <laughs> so yeah sometimes it's just a group that is passionate or uh, you really want to help and yeah I didn't get paid extra for it but it was awesome so the only thing I wanted to say which is unfortunately now going to detract from that a little bit <laughs> Um, awesome. Not against it. I do. I've done that. I love when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just that's that's a thing. The downside is to say that we want to be in a room with people who are not there for the money but want to be there anyway. Automatically puts up a barrier in our community. We cannot, and this is the danger, right? We cannot say it's a group of people who just want to be here. It's a nice idea but that cuts off a lot of people who can't be there because as much as they want to be there, they can't afford to. And um, everybody comes from a different like walk of life and that's probably why we don't have the most diverse uh, ideology, diverse, diverse everything yeah. in this sector is because it caters to, you know, 
a, a certain group of people who are able to be flexible like this. Yeah. Or, you know, the other way to say it is also a certain people who are okay with a certain standard of life, but even to get to the point where you can walk into that, you need to get past that first barrier. So that's, you know, there's only so far favors can go before you die of starvation. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, I am like, to a certain degree, I mean, part of it's my personality, but to a certain degree, I'm only so generous with my favors because I have a full-time job. Like, I get paid for the work I do, so I can do stuff outside that for pleasure or because I want to uh, learn more about something or whatever, but that's because I get paid regularly, so, yeah. Right, but then there are the months or whatever time where we have to schedule out every minute so that we're then going to the part-time job, then going to this rehearsal, then going to that rehearsal. Then the next day, going to this rehearsal, that rehearsal, part-time job. And that it's 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 so jam-packed that you're pulling your hair out trying to make all of, of everything work because you can't you can't um, you can't survive otherwise and you can't excel your career otherwise and and that's why lots of people have to get have to give up because mm -hmm. they can't. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of what I'm saying in terms of like if you're gonna do that, you better really care about what you're yeah. doing outside of the jobs that pay you. Yeah. Yeah. So how much are you paying us for this? <laughs> uh, full disclaimer: all of our panelists tonight are appearing for beer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I actually wanted to, uh, oh God, uh, I wanted to open up the uh, microphone to the audience. Uh, I was hoping some of you would have some questions you wanted to ask our panelists tonight. I also I have a question. question. Yeah. Then you have to come to the microphone. Show them how it's done, Erica. Hey guys, it's me. Um, let's say you've agreed to do a favor for somebody. This is kind of like Why sinking. Why are you looking at me? Um, no. <laughs> I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at all of you. Let's say you've agreed to uh, do something as a favor. Let's say because I'm a stage manager, to stage manage someone's play for two weeks, and then someone offers you a paid opportunity that's gonna be really good for you, how do you navigate that? What do you do? Do you go through with the favor? Do you explain to them that a real opportunity that will be good for you is coming your way? Do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe you Honestly, could say like, not. hey, I can't do this friend, but I can, I can help, maybe I, I can suggest a couple of people who might be yeah. interested. Yeah. I also think it's up to the person getting, receiving the favor yeah. to understand that, go. Like, yeah. you shouldn't have to s apologize for it or, or be like, do you mind? They should say, oh my God, congratulations, that's amazing. Go do that. Do you happen to know anyone who might be a good replacement for you? But you don't, like, take the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah of course, like, to a, to a point, right, because, like, uh, you know, uh, I was once years and years ago doing a fringe show when, like, the week before the person got a professional gig, um, the, uh, the actor got a professional gig and was like, oh, I'm just going to have to go and shoot in Hamilton for the week, you know? And that's, like, that's, that's tricky because I want to say, go ahead, that's a great opportunity, but also you already agreed to this, so I guess, like, so go take the opportunity, but within reason. You know, if it's the if it's happening right now, yeah. I guess that's it. Within reason is a big one. Yeah. Sorry, no, you you first. Well, the only thing I would say is like, and again, it depends on what your situation is, right? If it's you're working on this show, volunteer, uh, and you're like, you guys have been working on this show for like three years of planning and stuff, and really making it happen. You've gone in, you've worked together, or like two nights a week for like. 
three to six months. You've been working really hard. You're an active collaborator in making this thing happen. It's still okay to take the paying gig, but you know that the social capital, you know, the value of that relationship, the value of what you'll feel from coming out of that project, that's where you really need to to make the hard call. But you should never feel like you can't take the paying gig. Mm. Um, you know, I, that's just your your own thing to figure out. Yeah, and that actually um, leads into a question I had for the panel, but. Uh, I think it's really, it's also really important to, when you're doing a favor, when you're asked to do a favor, um, to obviously give it your all, even though you're not necessarily being paid for it. That's not an excuse to lower the quality of work uh, that you're giving to it. Um, have you guys ever had a situation where you've asked somebody a favor and it has backfired? Uh, and the, I, I asked this, I, it has happened to me before, I, or I've seen... For example, um, you know, somebody has asked their friend to design for them, and uh, I'm not even going to say what kind of design, because maybe we'll give it away, but uh, the person then spent the time kind of complaining and moaning about not being paid for it and just giving sort of a lower quality of work because they're not being paid, which I think is bullshit. And you shouldn't do that. But have you guys ever had a situation where that's happened? By the way, you can ask yeah. Chris for full details at the bar afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely that's happened. And I think, and again, it's important to set your terms before you come into any agreement for money or for no money. But, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely had, um, you know, uh, collaborators... Uh, group leaders, dramaturgs, directors, writers, probably every, every in every area of theater, I've run into somebody who made an agreement to do something and then and then didn't didn't give it their all because they thought they could come in at the last minute and just kind of do a half-assed job and I and that it wouldn't you know that it, I wouldn't notice but it's but you know that's the that's the agreement. That's the agreement that we're making. You're going to do your professional job. I'm going to do my professional job. We don't have any money, but these are the terms. Um, and it's, it's, really, it's really shitty because then when I do have all the money someday, when I have all the money, sometimes I have some money. Sometimes I have a little bit of money. <laughs> um, but when I have, when I have the, the, the money, I'm, I'm not going to want to hire you. In fact, when somebody asks me how it was to work with you, then I'm going to be honest and I'm going to say, hey, that person really wasn't committed to the project. That person, you know, was really irresponsible and that's not good. I also think it happens. It's always going to happen. You can never predict it. But in the end, if I'm the one who asked you to help me with something and what you came out with isn't what I was hoping for or expecting well, this project is my baby if I was the one asking for the favors, and I can't expect you to treat it with the same importance in your life as I'm going to. So at a certain point, you have to understand if someone's helping you out and not getting paid for it, that you might be able to dedicate everything to it because it is your baby, but not everyone else can. And at a certain point, they can only give what they can give, and you need to be ready to kind of step in and have other plans on how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a bit closer to that. Like, I don't think I've ever 
had a case where I'd say like, wow, you really misstepped on this free job that you're doing. <laughs> like it's, it's a free job and whoever's the instigator. The only time I've ever had anything kind of close to that is actually is when it's been, it's been when someone has come up to me and been like, I want to work on your show. It's like, okay, cool. In this capacity for free. It's like, all right, I guess if you really want to do that. I didn't know I needed one of those, but sure. And then it creates more work and it was not a good experience. And it was like, well, that's unfortunate because you asked to work on this and then you just didn't work on it and you created more work for everyone else. That sucks. Um, those are the people who don't need to get paid that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's like, I don't think it needs to be a, the perfect job, but when you, let's say, get to the, you know, you're in a festival and you get to your tech day, which is very, it's like six hours long, and the designer hasn't actually, um, actually worked any of the details out, even though you did have the meetings and all of that, and they were making much money, so, you know, it's, you know, at that point, they're putting the whole project in jeopardy, and that's where that's where you could say, "Hey, this is not cool," because um, it's not even if no money, even if you're paying to be a part of it, it's not cool. I have a question, um, tangential, I think, um, maybe relating to that about how to um, decide for ourselves when we're. Um, agreeing to a favor, and when we're asking favors, um, how to set really good boundaries um, so that we are having the good communication up front. And, and if, you're, if you agree to a favor, like ha can you then set a boundary? Or have you just offered, like, did you just sell your soul to the devil? No, set no. boundaries. Yeah, that's actually what I was gonna <laughs> yeah. continue saying to this was um, now when I do a favor, for example, like if I'm gonna like uh, help production manage or help like TD something. Um, now that I know enough about what those things uh, actually mean, I can say, hey, yeah, I'll help, but here's all the conflicts I'm going to have. Uh, I'm going to have a tech week during your show. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to be doing a show all these times. Like, I do not have the time to offer a full, full commitment to this, so you should probably hire somebody if you could afford it. Uh, but if you can't, yes, I will help you, but here's all my conflicts and here's what I will be able to offer and here's what I can't do for you. Yeah, my response to an ask for a favor is like, great, so you're asking me to do this so to so I can do this, this. Like, here's my to-do list. Is that what you need from me? I can do that. And if they come back and say, yeah, and maybe a couple other things, what are those other things? I'm not going to just blindly sign on. Uh, and if they throw other things at you, if you're doing a favor for someone, you are in your right to say, I'm really sorry. I was only able to do this, this, and this for you. I can't help with anything else. I'm just out of time and energy. And like, yeah, sometimes you just don't wanna. <laughs> yeah, it's allowed. I, I think we're just gonna let the rest of the panelists finish the question and then you're up. Well, and, and for me, as a producer, I will, as much as possible, always have a contract, even if it's just a private chair, even if it's just a tiny honorarium, maybe not if it's just beer, I don't know. But I will, but I will, I've, I've run into too many problems over the years, like, ooh, we thought you were actually paying us $1,000, even though it's a profit chair, you know, uh, to, set, to set the terms ahead of time. Because 
because it only it will only work if we all know what we're doing and we all agree to it, mm -hmm. um, no matter what. So set the terms for yourself for everyone. I don't have much to add. The only thing is that I would say is that actually that comes up for me more often than not when people ask me for recommendations of people. Uh, and that's where I'm putting myself on the line, I think, to recommend someone to go into a bad situation. So I, the only time, I, I'm pretty big about being upfront. If someone says, I'm looking for uh, an X, it's always, well, what do you really mean? And what do you want them to do? Are you paying them? What's your schedule like? Um, because otherwise, don't talk to me about sending a lamb to the slaughter. And specifically, you know, for me, I get very often, I really want a person of color. You know all of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who will work for this? It's like, um, no, screw off. Right? <laughs> Unless we're friends, and then it's, you know, it's, but, you know. It's different. It's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit of that. Uh, I would also like to say that, like, re even recently, I approached a company who put out a call for volunteers because it was a company that I really uh, want to work with and like working with. And I sent them an email being like, hey, I'd love to volunteer. But even in that email, I was specifically like, you asked for poster distributors. Nope. <laughs> uh, and like, I was very specific. And like, also, like, I'm not looking to volunteer my life away. So, like, give me a job. But I don't want to do, like, all your jobs just because I'm quite qualified. Uh, on the volunteer scare, uh, I'm kind of up there. Uh, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and so I think even, even when you're approaching a company uh, in a, in a like non-specified aspect, like a company is calling out for volunteers or calling out for uh, just publicly looking for people to help them with things, it's, it's fine to reply to that company and say, like, I would love to help. Here are my terms. <laughs> We had a question from the floor. Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to ask you guys, when it comes to different positions, is there any positions when you're asking for a favor that you find work out better than other positions when you're working? Or is there any difference or is there no difference or anything like that? I'm just going to be entering a project soon where I might have to do that. And I just want to know if there's like a position you've ever encountered where you're like, Man, I would never ask anyone to do that as a favor again because it just they didn't give me everything that I, I needed from them. Mm. I, I think it depends on who you're asking, right? <laughs> like, there's lots of stuff that I'm willing to do for free in the right scenario, and then there's stuff I hate doing. So, if you ask me to do something I really hate doing, then that's gonna it's not gonna be a good good thing. Uh, I'll probably just say no. Um, but, you know, that being said, there's stuff that I really like doing that are actually fairly low commitment. So if you were to say to me, can you come help me hang lights? And be like, I can hang lights. I'll come by for the day. I don't care. Can you? I can. Okay. You can. You can. Let, it, let it be known. All right. Yeah. Well, are you finished? I'm good. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and that's kind of what you have to look at each at each role you're trying to fill to really evaluate if it's going to, if it, what you need to be offering. But... For example, I'm working on a show right now. Um, the production value that I want versus the product, the designers, let's say, and production personnel I could get, I have to offer them money. But the actors, and that's not to say actors always, but but the actors, I know I'm going to get a good amount of interest without paying. So I'm not going to offer the actors any money, but I am going to offer the designers money here because, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm looking at what I can get there. It's it's tricky, and each each scenario is different. 
Controversial. Yeah. yeah. As an actor, that's a show I like. <laughs> well, well, but, but that's just it. Like, I know lots of actors that I would love to have in this show I'm directing. I would love to have them in, the, in it, but I'm not going to ask them. I know they're not going to want to do it for free, and I'm, I'm probably going to be okay with the people who come out, probably. I hope so. I haven't done the auditions yet, but probably. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I can't think of, like, no specific roles. I think it just always depends on the person uh, who you're getting to do whatever it is you're getting them to do. I have filled pretty much every role with someone who was not being paid at one time or another, and I've had great experiences, and I've had not great experiences, and I think it all comes down to being upfront from the get-go. I think if you're bringing in people to do diff fill different roles in a show, have those lists, have those job descriptions. So when you bring someone on, especially if they're not making money off of it, you can say, here is exactly what I'm asking you to get involved in. Uh, and that will give you a better chance of finding someone who actually wants to do all of those things. Um, there are definitely some things I won't do for free, and there are definitely some things I wouldn't ask somebody to do for free. Um, and then with the uh, caveat that unless you are, unless it's a good friend who's really screwed, uh, those, those two things kind of override a lot of other things. Um, but like, I won't scenic paint for free or probably even if I'm paid, because I'm not a good scenic painter. Um, I won't, uh, if I have to put a ladder to your grid and hang your lights, I'm probably not gonna do that for free. This is all stuff that I just, I now have a certain level of, you know, expectation in terms of what that job means. So I'm probably not going to do your grunt work for free. Uh, I will do things that let me sort of like utilize my brain and practice skills that I want to get better at, but like there's some stuff that I just do in my day job that I'm not going to do for free because I just don't want to. Yeah, I think it's really based on the person. For instance, like I would front of house for free because I find it kind of fun because I don't do it professionally. Like it's a little bit of a lark for me. I would never ask Julia to front of house I for me for free because that's what yeah. she does for a living and yeah. I'm sure she doesn't enjoy it no. nearly as much as I do. Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess as professionals, you know, we have to theater lean in. You know, I don't know if there's a theater term that could be lean in. Like oh, I think equivalent. lean in is our theater term. Lean yeah, in. yeah, yeah. But, you know, that like you have to know what your value is and your worth and you have to ask for it. And it doesn't hurt. Find lights. What? Find your light. Yes. Find your light. Find your light. Kevin Hudson. Find your light. And, and you know, and like as much as like, yeah, okay, I really secretly would do this for free, but... I'm going to come to the meeting and I'm going to say, here are my terms. And they're probably going to either say, like, no, but you could do it for free. Or, yeah, okay, we could probably, we could probably do that. It, prob it probably doesn't hurt to, mm -hmm. to push that a little bit. I also think in your circumstance, there are different opportunities. Like, there are things that I will, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to write someone's press release. I do it. I can do it. I do it for myself. It works well. I am always happy to go over someone's press release and be a guide for that and help someone craft a good press release, but I have no interest in sitting down and writing someone's press release. But if there's a company that has someone who's willing to do it, but they're not that experienced with it, and they came to me and said, would you be willing to look at the press release that our producer has drafted and help them kind of tighten it up? 
Of course. But if they came to me and said, can you write a press release for us? No way. Yeah. So you can always find kind of two tiers of people sometimes to help out with your shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the level of scale is really important. Like, uh, I will, I might, like, I might help you lighting design, uh, like, in this space, but I wouldn't lighting design for free in, like, the uh, Passport Main space, because that's just a different scale of job. There is so much more involved with that than there is with, like, this, you know, so... But I think the the key thing I'm hearing and, and that I would just want to even put forward more is it is just all about relationships. And I think that's the community aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not just who they are. It's also who you are and the relationship you're building with someone. And context, right? Like if someone were to come to me and be like, we are just starting out um, and we are putting on a show from this perspective. It's really controversial, I think. It might not actually, but they might think it is. Um... <laughs> Would you direct the show? I would actually probably go like, all right, that's cool. If you can, again, work around my schedule and like, I'm curious to work with you people. You seem cool. Um, And then they were like, would you do our publicity? No, I won't do that. (laughs) That's something I don't enjoy. Uh, And I'm not as good at social media that I was when I used to do that. Because social media changes. It's crazy. <laughs> it changes so much. Yeah. All There's the a time. Whole panel on that. Yeah, we're going to have a whole panel I don't know what Snapchat is, man. Like, it's, it's how people talk now. It's a thing. I no. used it for the first time. No, I was okay. a dog and I had a tongue. No, it was I weird. Don't. That was oh, a good one. Yeah. I can't. It's anyway. So no. Uh, we're old. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, we have time for one more audience question. Is there anyone else out there who has a question? You raising your hand. You need to come up to the Scarlet. front and talk to the microphone. Is it Scarlett? Yeah, it is. Hey, Scarlett. Hey, um, why do you um, Why do you guys think that there is less of a monetary value on actors' work than on technicians? I don't think there should be. I, I would like to oh, say that that's I'm, my opinion, oh, oh, not necessarily the opinion listen, of the crowd. Listen, no, 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 listen, no, sorry. That's not what I... I'm sorry. That, was, that sounded like a loaded question. It wasn't... I'm sorry. What I meant... I'm sorry. No, no, no. May I rephrase my question? Yes, of course. I think that in our... In our community, in our industry, um, you often see, I guess because there are more actors than there are, you know, technicians, designers, um, that they're often, like, they are often paid less or not paid at all where there are others who are paid. Why do you guys think that is within the industry? And maybe what can we do to better that or further that along, push the actors up? Yeah, if that was a, yeah. a less no, no, loaded question, that was a really I'm great. so sorry. No, don't be, don't no, be. Totally I realize it's totally true. Like the point you raise is accurate. I want to yeah. clarify that uh, that I did just I did just mean for this production that <laughs> that you know it's not an always thing that the design I really need some uh, high level. Mm-hmm. Design. I probably wouldn't pay anybody, but I need to pay the designers <laughs> for this. Uh, yeah. And. But uh, but you know it's it's difficult because because and and again I'm gonna say like like what 12, 12 years out of school and you have some people in some areas that are really successful let's say the people I went to school with who are who have followed through with design are are 
who are the people who are still working in design are much more successful than let's say the like how many people from my from my program who are professional actors now none one maybe there weren't that many of us what like but not not many and so and so like but it's difficult because also if those people if they all had more opportunities and the opportunities that were presented to them when they first graduated were more even because there were a lot of good actors there were there are lots of good actors who don't get money and then don't get money enough that they have to just leave uh and and i don't know my answer is i don't know how we can how we can even it out because again like you know like uh, i'm i'm still i'm still here too and i'm not living off of my of my theater work i i but i'm you know doing a lot of theater work i'm i'm putting in, in as much as i can you know and i get the good reviews and i do the work for free but but it's not it's not uh, it's not brought me to the same places it would for someone else and how could it be even and should it be I don't know. Yeah. I just want to say, in support of the thesis statement of Scott's question, I definitely see many shows coming through the through my space that the designers are getting a fee, the actors are getting a profit share. Like that happens all the time. So that's totally a true thing. Why? I don't know. I'm not involved with well, the actor side of things as much. So. I also think there's a difference. I mean, you have a full time job. I do. Doing what you do in theater. I do. No actor has a full-time, year-round job True. doing what they do in theater. Even if you get the dream contract at Stratford, at Shaw, that's just a contract, and it ends. And then who knows next year? And there's still a gap of time during that 12-month period where you are not there and they're not paying you. Those full-time, here's my salary and I will be paid this till whenever doesn't really exist for an actor. So there are those actors coming back from Stratford and Shaw who in their off time are willing to do a show on profit share. I know, I work with them. Sure. Yeah. yeah, designers too. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. The actors in my show just now uh, made an analogy to migrant workers, yeah. uh, which was a weird analogy, <laughs> but like I saw what they were going for and that it's just not stable for them and they're constantly moving and like they just don't have like... A steady thing. They can't find a steady thing. I yes, that was the face I made. That's the face I made too. Um, but yeah, they just there's no stability. Can I pull old lady card and get on up to the microphone, Sheila? Yeah, Sheila. So I wonder um, when you're asking people for favors. If you're thinking about the collective impact of what it does to the, in, uh, to the industry or the sector, I mean, you alluded to it uh, in some degree where it becomes automatically exclusionary for people that don't have a certain financial wherewithal behind them. I mean, that starts really early, right? It starts when you're in school. Um, and I, I don't really have the the answer to this, but uh, working in another artistic sector, we were uh, all doing favors for each other. We were all going to see each other's shows. You know, the the concerts were full only of the cognoscenti. You know, um, and uh, finally um, one day we agreed collectively that enough was enough, and we decided that we would pay each other, and it wouldn't matter so much. 
um, because the money would go around faster and we wouldn't ask each other for comps. We would just agree to go see, see each other's shows and pay for them. Like in Fringe, it makes no difference. There's no reason to, to share comps. I go see your show, you go see my show, we've each got 10 bucks. Where it makes a difference, or can make a difference, we discovered, was with the arts councils. Because as we started to churn money, money's valuable when it circulates, and so we started to show growth. So rather than facing cuts to operating funding, we started to see increases to operating funding, which created a different dynamic. Some of those companies that we're going back to like 2003 or four, um, these were nonprofit companies, they now have million dollar budgets. Mm -hmm. So I think it bears thinking about that when we ask each other to put the financial impact of what we do underground and make it very difficult to measure right. um, what we are doing for the industry as a whole. I know certainly when you go looking for money outside the sector, uh, you know, through sponsorship or that kind of thing, having these kinds of numbers is really important when you lobby with either municipal, provincial, or even national governments, having these kinds of numbers is important. Um, and to say that, I mean, there's only one granting agency I know of that really values the volunteer hours, which is Trillium, um, but none of the others do. Um, so uh, I, I wonder if we could not um, increase our own churn rate and create something of a similar dynamic. Yeah, comps are a very specific kind of favor. Uh, but they are very much still along the lines of a favor. I, like, I don't think you're, you're wrong about that. And I think that there's something really valuable to be said for, yeah, like exactly what you said, Sheila. Like, you nailed it. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting point to raise. And especially, like, in terms of, I wonder if you think that that's going to be reflected. I mean, you're talking about, like, Operating budgets and the way that and the and for large companies and uh, I think that one of the focuses we've been more on is on, is on the personal on the personal level and for instance like I would say that like in a fringe show yes like I'm operating that show out of my own capital and also paying for those tickets out of my own capital but like if I'm looking at a larger company then those company like for instance when Rebecca and I do a project with Artist Hard like more and more we're trying to make those funds Artist Hard money and I don't like I don't pay for theater tickets out of that so it's it's interesting to decide for yourself how that how that financially balances, but that's a really interesting point. Um, like, and it, it sort of becomes part of the collective psyche. So you yeah. know, you get into a more stable situation, and you continue to operate that and that you way. You make more money, and you generate more money, and you pay more people. Well, exactly. Yeah. But what happens is you don't. You continue to ask for favors very often yeah. because we've all been asked for favors from companies that have a fair amount of wherewithal. Um, maybe not uh, so much in the indie sector, but, but even there. Um, I, I mean, if they have charitable status, I would say go and look at their, go and look at their financials before you agree mm -hmm. to do something for nothing, even if it's a fundraiser. Yeah. Because chances are they're, they're paying for the tables and the tablecloths and the cutlery and, the, and all of this. And then the thing that makes the fundraiser terrific is you is provided pro bono or the orchestration to know what to do with all this gear mm -hmm. that they've actually paid for. So, uh, well, maybe I'm just a cranky old fart, but no. I, I think it, it does 
bear thinking about what it does to the industry as a whole when we pro bono eyes so much. Well, and it's, a, it's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point that the granting bodies want to see one thing they definitely want to see is that you're paying your artists. Um, and mm-hmm. and it's kind of a catch twenty two because if you can't if you don't get the grant money you can't afford to pay the artists so you can't show that you're paying the artists and then um, you know and it but but you're right that we kind of have to make a a shift where where we're circulating the money more and offering it and then maybe we can we all can move up to the next level where where we don't have to ask for the favors mm-hmm. we don't have to receive mm-hmm. the favors. Or no, I won't do the favor, but I will sell six tickets. Yeah, 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 which is great. You know, uh, yeah, it's a good point to make that maybe our art has the value that we ascribe to it. Yeah. I, I just wonder if that's already happening, though. I mean, I think that we do do that. I think maybe we don't report on it very well. Maybe that's what we're talking about. But um, I, I try. I know personally in my practice, I try to keep track of all that stuff. Um, but then that's also with the with the practice of trying to work towards building a company that will be able to have tidy up books that someone could trust it on operational at some point so that I can recurringly pay people and one day, you know, pay myself to run it or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I'm not sure. I mean, that's maybe an interesting question to throw back to the room because as I know, that tends to be the way that I operate. Yeah. Um, I don't know if maybe that's the same thing that other folks are doing. It might be a bar question, but I mean, like, yeah, so, but I mean, absolutely, I agree with your point. Uh, I know that James has something he wants to say to that, so if... Well, I just wonder if there, I may be loud enough, I just wonder if there's an inherent risk in that, because there is, there is data within the the years that have come, now in 2016, that audiences are dwindling. Like, the people that are actually going to the arts is slowly... Diminishing, yeah. So there is a risk at that, at going towards the communal, right? Because what if you don't meet the criteria to survive as an artist, right? If your work that you're trying to put out there is not part of what people want to see. So putting towards, and I think it's a noble goal in the communal, but there Mm -hmm. could be an inherent risk at that personally. That's why I think it comes down to sometimes asking favors personally for survival. Maybe, not always. But sometimes. This is not in any way a productive statement I'm about to make. Um, (laughs) Maybe it is. I know mine was a productive statement. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But practically, look, um, I do think if you get money from arts councils, they're actually not funding you, uh, uh, unless there's other ones I don't know about. But if you look at the, the mandate of what they do, they don't necessarily fund you to do stuff that people like, which I know sounds weird, but they're funding you usually to push the creative process forward in something, uh, which is great. But if you're not getting funding, and you know you have to work in with, like the grants can only get you so far. Like if we're, if we're just relying on grants and favors, then why are we doing it? There's not like, we can do it for fun if we can, but again, we, we do need to make things that people don't have to like it, likes uh, and if you work for me. But they do have to want to go to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> money. Well, or you know, or at least pay some money or participate. Participate. In it. Yeah. If, if you're making stuff that the people don't like to go to, maybe you should stop making it. Uh, or work in studio. Work in studio. By all means, work yeah. in studio. 
and never show it to anyone if that's the case. <laughs> Probably show it to people because, you know, yeah. It's what a is art without process. the observer? Sorry? What is art without the observer? Uh... It's, uh, it's an existentialist question. Um... Nailed it. <laughs> Well, and it's, it's really tricky, right? Because it brings back us back to the so many actors question um, mm -hmm. where it's like, well, what point do you say, well, I've worked this hard and I'm not getting the work, so I give I give up. I've worked this hard and nobody's, I'm not, my company isn't getting the operational funding. I've tried for however many years. Which company was it that's tried for a million years to get operational funding and hasn't? There's a one. Lot. What? A lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. There was one company that just got it after trying. Oh no! Company that closed the to be young's school. Um, oh the, yeah. Wata. Wata school, the, right? The and like, school. come on! Either. Like I was. I don't know if they closed yet, but I was shocked to hear that because it's an educational program. It's innovative. They're doing amazing work with youth and. And here they've tried and tried to get their operational funding and grants, but they have to close because they're just not making enough money, and they want to run professionally. Um, and here, I, as a, as a community member, say that is valuable. Uh, and they're saying that is valuable, but at what point do, do they have to make the self-evaluation and say, oh, okay, I guess, I guess we just have to turn it in. Um, but if you made money, you could give them some. That's true. Should I I'll give them a call? And I'll say, hey. But, but it's true. Yeah. I, I worked for a company that uh, had been in the business for 40 years, and they did not have operational funding from the Canada Council. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you don't always need operational funding too, yeah. right? Like you could just do projects or you could just find a way to exist off of uh, operational funding and just be a company that does shows and the shows pay for the shows and you might have to limit your scale, maybe. And uh, if you can make that work, if you can make it work where you can be like, I do shows, I pay, they pay for themselves, that's amazing. That's great. You're doing something right. That's also called well, commercial theater. Like, and it is, we often yeah. poo on that. You know well, what I mean? Well, and there was that I article. I wish. <laughs> I know, right? There was a, there was <laughs> My a, God. The article in the, in the, I don't remember where the article came from, somewhere in the States, some reputable publication. I had an article a few years ago called Don't Start a Theater Company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Where Does anybody know where I think it was AmericanTheater.org. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I mean, uh, you know. Too late. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, at one point, like, maybe, maybe, and I'm not, I, again, like, I think the Washington School is a great organization. Maybe if they're not getting the operational funding, what, what Debbie Young has to do, and I think she's a really valuable artist. Maybe what she needs to do is to think of a different model, not having a school, but maybe offering mm -hmm. her services to other theaters, which she does do also. But, uh, you know, and, and maybe we have to look at what the data is showing us to make informed decisions about where we're moving artistic careers. Maybe. Just going to, if I can, just be counter for the sake of it. Is that, sorry, is that if we do base everything on the systems uh, of like, oh, well, the system says that we can't do this, we can't account for it, you are submitting to a very specific structure, which might be wrong, specifically for the type mm -hmm. of work you're doing. Uh, and, you know, different cultural frameworks view things differently, and they can't be read in CADAC. So that's a problem, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a problem with the system that, yeah. you know, I think grant councils are actually super open to trying to change. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to think so. Uh, but it takes a lot of time and advocacy 
to get that work done so that the, the money that's being taxed and put towards culture is going to cultural workers. And that's it. We are all cultural workers. Mm -hmm. We're not just like people who work in the arts. Us and every other sector that works in culture are all working on a cultural thing. And um, a lot of times stuff gets viewed as, that's community stuff. It's not culture. That's problematic. And uh, until we can break down that, then we are submitting to, I'll throw out the colonial word, because it's a colonial framework that we're in. It's a mercantile colonial framework. Yeah. I mean, just to beat the Debye point to absolute death, uh, Debye is such an unbelievably good performer mm -hmm. that if there's no room for her here, it's us that's doing it wrong. Yeah, that's the clearly like, the problem is yeah. what we're doing and not what Debye is doing. Yeah. But the fact that we can't squeeze her in somewhere or find a use for her or make us something around her is just crazy. Right. Um, I hate to be that person, but there is karaoke in here starting at 10, so we do have to wrap this up. Uh, and we also, we also kind of like, we got a little off topic. For the record, I owe Jiv a favor. Maya owes me favors. Julia and Chris and I are all even. <laughs> um, we are the Bellows Toronto. Uh, if you want to contact us and uh, find out more information about us, you can find us on Facebook at the Bellows. You can also email us. Uh, at thebellowstoronto at gmail.com. Uh, this podcast has been recorded for the Title Block podcast, which Michael Cruz hosts. We have business cards at the front. Kevin is showing one of them off right now. Uh, and I would like to thank the Central once again for uh, being our host this evening. Thank you so much. Our next panel is going to be on fees and contracts that October 17th at Theatre Passmarai. Uh, so thank you once again. Yeah, we're going to contact you, Sheila. Write it in your day planner. Uh, anyways, thank you again so much for coming out. Uh, we're all here at the bar. Can we grab a... And that was another presentation of The Bellows, this time The Beer Economy, from September 2016. The next episode will feature a discussion with designer Julie Fox. The music for this podcast is by Vern Good with voiceover by Gabriel Cropley. Please go to iTunes and give us a review. It'll help get the word out about this podcast and share the history of theater design in Canada. And you can follow us on Twitter at the CA and on Facebook.com forward slash the Podcast. You can send comments and requests by email to the at gmail.com and we're now available at stitcher.com. Don't forget, if you like this show, support us on patreon.com. I'm Michael Cruz and I'll see you next time on the Title Block. <laughs>